This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. This episode of Headlock Talk is brought to you by... Austin-based company Naturally Hemp's and their new line of CBD gummies. These gummies are made with 100% baked-in, pharmaceutical-grade, non-isolate-based CBD. What we're talking about here is the entourage effect. The entourage effect refers to the stronger effect you get when combining multiple cannabinoids together, as opposed to just CBD. Full-spectrum CBD, or CBD distillate, tends to be more potent and last longer, which is what we're talking about here. Unlike some other brands that use a spray-on CBD, Naturally Hemp CBD distillate is baked in, so you know you're getting the full dose with each gummy. I personally use them for all kinds of things, like sleep aid or muscle pain. And did I mention they taste great? They got five flavors. Uh, strawberry, green apple, lemon lime, watermelon, and get this, the orange flavor has vitamin C in it. Ooh. So... If this sounds like something you could go for, head over to your nearest Creative Sig vape shop and pick yours up today to see for yourself the difference Naturally Hemp's gummies can make in your life. Hey, uh, Steven? Yes. What, what day is it? Saturday? Uh, hmm. Saturday. What's next weekend? Oh, shit. WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Huh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to talk about it. Yeah. Hello and welcome back everybody to another episode of Headlock Talk. Oh, snap. Oh, snap, indeed. <laughs> I'm, of course, the Texas gentleman, Tanner Pruitt, and as always, right across from me, the one, the only, Mr. Stephen Grudy. Howdy, howdy. Howdy, Stephen. We're in person this time. We are. We are, yes. Good times. Yeah. Great memories. I can see your face. We're both healthy. For the most part, yeah. I'm in. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if I went to the doctor, they'd be like, you gotta do something. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I did eat... Three tacos, yes, and fried pickles, yeah, and drank a Red Bull. So, yeah, I I didn't partake in the Red Bull, but I did have a fourth taco. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm healthy in spite of that, but yes. I wouldn't call myself healthy necessarily. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we're we're both well. Yes, yes. yes. That's what we're also. I'm full, so I'm yes. great. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way of, of looking at it. Yeah. Uh, 
Yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are indeed one week away from WrestleMania. Yes. And, and no, we did not forget that next week is WrestleMania. Of course we, not. You know, it's, yeah, it's the intro. It, it's so. all jokes. We love WrestleMania. <laughs> I mean, like, actually, I love WrestleMania. Yeah. I just find it funny. <laughs> yeah. R- WrestleMania uh, will be next Saturday and Sunday uh, from uh, various locations. Yeah, yeah. Nope. Um, well, we might as well just uh, uh, why why don't we just uh, why don't we just uh, just look at the card? Let's do it. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yes, WWE WrestleMania 36 will be hosted by none other than Rob Gronkowski. (laughs) Um, it will be sweet. (laughs) Yes. It will be sweet. It will be a two-night event, of course. Um, and uh, the card is looking quite full at the moment, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, we've got about 13 matches declared currently. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about some of these more in depth. Um, uh, right off the bat here, uh, we've got Rhea Ripley taking on Charlotte Flair in a one-on-one match for the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, this is, of course, a result of uh, Charlotte winning the Women's Royal Rumble. Um, I don't think a lot of us would have seen, perhaps, uh, Charlotte challenging Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, though our good buddy Josh Robinson, uh, when he was on the show, he did point that out mm-hmm. for the Royal Rumble review, and uh, he was right. Uh, this should be fairly interesting, Stephen. Yeah, I mean, it should be a good match. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Rhea. Um, I would say I, I am a fan of Charlotte, not not a big fan necessarily. Yeah. Um, would not be my first choice to go up against Rhea, um, but it was Charlotte's choice mm. uh, this time around. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, it should be a good match. Uh, both of them are, are very talented. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see what the fallout is, depending on who wins, because if mm. Charlotte wins, then you've taken... NXT title out of NXT, and that's kind of weird. But or Charlotte joins NXT, or Charlotte joins NXT. Uh, mm. I, I don't see that happening personally. Mm. Um, if she does end up going to NXT, it'd be uh, uh, I don't know, kind of like a part time scenario. Uh, in my mm. opinion, I don't see her. I don't see them taking her off the main roster uh, with mm. with her talent and her name. Uh, I, I don't see them taking her off of the main roster entirely and mm. putting her on NXT. I mean, they could. They, uh, yeah. I don't know. Should be a good match, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I do see Rhea Ripley <clears throat> retaining the NXT Championship here. Um, I, I think that's that's fairly clear to me. Yeah. It does seem too soon uh, for them to take the title off of her. Oh, yeah. Um, just, just for me, personally. And, um, like, Charlotte Flair needs another title run. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, it would do a lot of good for Rhea Ripley to get a, a big win here, and uh, yeah, I think this does further establish NXT as a as as a third brand, effectively. Yeah, no, that's true. Mm-hmm. A lot of the story from this match comes from the standpoint of when Rhea Ripley first got into wrestling and WWE, for that matter. There was a lot of a um, a lot of comparisons to oh, you look just like Charlotte. And that's kind of uh, you know, been the point here of uh, uh, her changing her look and her style and you know all these different things to uh, make herself as different from Charlotte as possible. That's the the story of the match here, ladies and gentlemen. So, I see. I see. Yes. 
so I, I do expect um, for uh, them to put on a good show. Um, <laughs> uh, Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan will have a one-on-one match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. This is as a result of uh, Drew Gulak, who is uh, definitely taken a good friendship with Daniel Bryan in mm-hmm. recent weeks. DB uh, Jr. Yeah, they 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 have a very good tag team uh, partnership together. Uh, uh, I saw a uh, a fun little backstage dot uh, com interview uh, yeah. where they're doing like squats and like duck walks and stuff like that while while in the middle of the interview. I thought it was very entertaining. It was very funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is Daniel Bryan versus Sami Zayn. Um, this presents an interesting dichotomy within um, WrestleMania, just in general. Um, and, and and I'll kind of elaborate here. Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn both come across as guys who are of a high technical ability that will be able to put on a good match regardless of if there's a crowd or not. Yeah. Um, now, not every person here on this card has that ability unfortunately mm-hmm. um particularly the the people who've come through solely just the wwe system of training uh they don't really they're not really kind of um they've never really been out on their own to kind of uh, learn and feel how to work regardless of what the crowd is right daniel bryan and Sami Zayn have done that and i they, they are of a high caliber to where they could do that um, I fully expect for them to have a very good match. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think that there's um, too many people else otherwise on this card who are kind of on that level. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at, at the very least, uh, I think uh, I think Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan are most equipped to be comfortable uh, out there as opposed to, like you said, some of the other wrestlers that maybe have not been in this situation before. Um, Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan, they're going to go out there and do what they know how to do, uh, regardless of what's happening around them, because they've done that extensively for years and years and years. Um, so, I, honestly, I think this this is up there for, uh, for Match of the Night, I think. As long as they give mm. them the time uh, that they need to really put together a good show and put together a good match, I, I really think this could be one of the best on the card. Uh, Edge versus Randy Orton in a last man standing match. Um, these two, kind of in the same vein as what I just talked about just a moment ago, I think these two are experienced enough at the very least, even though they both come through more of the WWE system of things. Yeah. They're both experienced to know what to do. And with the added stipulation of it being a last man standing match, I think that adds a little bit something extra uh, to where you don't have to worry so much about fan or lack of fan involvement for that matter right yeah uh this match for me is one of the matches that i'm the most disappointed that there won't be a crowd for Mm. um just because with edge and randy orton i mean i grew up with these guys Uh, a lot of people grew up with these guys and you know hearing that that pop uh from edge uh or from the crowd for edge at royal rumble Mm -hmm. um we're we're not going to be able to hear that again um it, it is what it is. It's Edge. Like I, mm-hmm. I already know him. Everyone already knows him, so it, it's fine. But a, a little bit of of, of a pop, it, it just gets me going. You yeah, know? It, it gets me going. But uh, like I said, I grew up with both of these guys. I know what they're capable of. It's gonna be a good match uh, either way. So yeah, I would say so. I, I would say it's gonna be good. Yes. Um, 
the elephant in the room is that there is no crowd interaction, right? right. And that's going to be a sore spot, and that's going to make this to be, uh, hands down, the strangest and and most fascinating WrestleMania, perhaps, in recent memory. I really um, hope that uh, they kind of take a cue from Dynamite and have some of the wrestlers that aren't on the card mm-hmm. be in the crowd and, and maybe do some... Maybe you don't have to do segments with them necessarily, mm. but just to have somebody there, well, you know? Well, last week on Dynamite, they didn't necessarily have wrestlers in the crowd, but they did like this, um, like they they did these kind of cool little like picture in picture things where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you got a picture in picture of like some of the heel wrestlers backstage continuing to bet on matches, yeah, and then like, you know, they'll go back to the match and they'll do the picture in picture again, and like Chris Jericho is now in the locker room with the wrestlers who are placing bets and he's yelling at the TV, you know, about whatever. Um, so l- little cool things like that could really make a difference for sure. Whether or not they do that, um. And for WrestleMania, I, I really don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see how creative they will get mm-hmm. in terms of uh, building these matches here. Um, <laughs> speaking of creativity, let's move on to Elias versus King Corbin, where on SmackDown, King Corbin attempted homicide on Elias by pushing him off of a balcony. Yeah, okay. Uh, I hope that I gave you enough time to let all that sink in. Mm-hmm. Um, this is... Um, look, I... Um, did you ask for this match, Steven? I didn't ask for it. I don't know anyone who did. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, see, here's, here's what's crazy. is like You've got King Corbin, and one of the, one of the only things that he has left is the, the, the matter of... He having he has go away heat with the crowd. Now he doesn't even have that anymore. It's just dead silence, uh, and he'll be taking on Elias. And um, I really don't know what Elias does, uh, what his deal is anymore. Really, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't know. Um, uh, with, with Elias, they're they're kind of just like like he's he's not really doing anything. He's just like, hey, you guys know Elias, right? And then he just walks out there. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, he'll 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 like be backstage and he'll he'll play a guitar part and insult somebody and they'll get upset and that's that's what it is, yeah. man. Um, I don't care about this match at all. I've I've <laughs> I've um, this is gonna come across as really harsh, but I don't find either man to be overly spectacular in the ring. Um, wow, you're so nice, Tanner. <laughs> you're so nice. So, um, <laughs> well. <laughs> We'll see what happens with this match. Both of these guys do absolutely nothing for me. So <laughs> we'll see how the match is. Um, we also have the Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza. Um, now, this is tentative here um, with respect to Andrade, as it was recently reported uh, just this weekend. Um, Andrade may have suffered a rib injury that might prevent him from being in the match. One of the names being floated around is Austin Theory from NXT. Um, we'll see what happens there. Um, Austin Theory is a solid talent. I would, uh, I would say that it would be for his best interest to still stay in NXT. Um, At the same time, though, man, getting a spot in WrestleMania. I mean, yeah, I know this is like, this is this is kind of a weird WrestleMania. Yeah, but 
it's still WrestleMania. Yeah, and, so. and, and and Austin Theory does come across as one of these guys who could be favored by Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just for his um, his gym regimen, I would say. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, being a former bodybuilder, that could get you a lot of pluses in uh, in WWE. That's yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, Street Profits versus. Andrade or Austin Theory and uh, Angel Garza, that should be an interesting match. Yeah, um, no, I, and, I hope, uh, I hope that the rib injury from Andrade is nothing serious and that this match is still able to go on as planned because it sounds fantastic. Getting yes. those four guys together, uh, it'd be a really, really good match. Um, like you said, if they do end up swapping uh, Andrade with Austin Theory, I mean that should be a great match too. Mm. But I, I'd love, I would personally love to see Andrade. Uh, mm-hmm. In that match, either way, it's gonna be good though. Mm-hmm. Uh, another big tag team match on the card here: The Miz and John Morrison will be defending their tag team titles against both the New Day and the Usos in a triple threat ladder match yes. for the SmackDown tag team titles. Yes. Similarly, I feel to the Edge and Randy Orton last man standing match. I think that this gimmick does add a lot to the match. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way you're not missing on the crowd interaction. Um, and these are two very experienced teams. Uh, three, really. I, I, I kid, ladies and gentlemen, I kid. Um, the Miz and John Morrison will be uh, decent. Um, the Usos and uh, uh, the New Day will be good. Um, let's just, just don't throw any kicks, Miz. I just, just, <laughs> just don't do it. No, I, I am Just actually no. I, I'm actually very excited for this match. Mm-hmm. Uh, every every competitor that is in that ring is very experienced with ladder matches, mm-hmm. uh, which makes me think that we're gonna see something kind of kind of crazy, maybe a little bit of innovation going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm excited, man. This is gonna be good. Well, good. I'm I'm glad that you're excited. I'm excited as well because mm-hmm. I want to see I want to see how this turns out. Um, Another match here again, just like the uh, Zayn and Daniel Bryan match that we keep kind of going back to. Uh, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. These are again two guys who work on a very high level, who've worked in the independents, who don't really—I don't want to say that they don't need a crowd, um, but they can work regardless, right? Um, they've honed their craft long enough. You know, they've had experiences in other places. Um, they they don't need to work off the WWE formula to uh, I guess get their point across. Mm-hmm. You know. No, I mean uh, this one's similar to the uh, the uh, Daniel Bryan Sami Zayn match. It, it should be perfectly fine the, despite not having uh, you know a live crowd. The, this WrestleMania is going to be interesting be, because. N- Yes, not having a live crowd, I, I can see how that's how it can be detrimental. Uh, but at the same time, we we might see some stuff from from some superstars that we might not see mm. uh, if we if we actually did have a live crowd. You know, because with mm-hmm. uh, specifically like Seth Rollins, uh, he has a very specific move set that that live crowds and, and people that are familiar with him are comfortable with and, mm-hmm. and that are familiar with, but if if you don't have a live crowd that that you have to you know you you don't have to do this move in order to get a huge pop because there is no pop whatsoever mm. we we might get you know the opportunity for some new stuff from some people so 
I'm trying to look at the at the bright side here uh, about the the little silver lining that we have. Um, mm. I would like for there to be a live crowd for sure because mm. it's freaking WrestleMania and that's part of it. Mm-hmm. But you know, look, let's look at the silver lining. Um, the crowd can kind of put some of them in a box, and, and now mm. they're they're not in that box anymore, and they don't have to wrestle in that box. So um, I don't know, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins. It, it's going to be a very good match. It might be. A very great match. We'll have to see. You you know, Stephen, you raise very, very good points here. Thank you. Uh, and, and thank you for being the optimist uh, <laughs> in, in all of this, because we really do need optimistic people here Yeah. Uh, leading into this uh, show. Um, <laughs> Undertaker versus AJ Styles in what's being called a Boneyard match. Um, Sweet. They haven't really explained what that is. No. No, not at all. Um, I would imagine that they're shooting this off location. Uh, yeah. Um, that, maybe, maybe in a desert somewhere. A desert, a morgue. Um, a junkyard. Graveyard. Maybe. Yeah, I'm not, not quite sure. Um, but it will be interesting. I still like our idea better it, it, of it being Aleister Black and The Undertaker versus The O.C., I think that would accomplish a lot more uh, than uh, than a boneyard match. But if Undertaker wants to have a one on one with AJ, so be it. I mean, at, at the same time, you know, it is WrestleMania. Crazy things can happen. It, it's mm. not entirely out of the realm of possibility that Aleister Black does show up in this match anyway. It is possible. So it it, it could still happen. Um, I I just I I can't really be that excited for this match. Just because I don't know what it is, you know, I, I don't know where it takes place. I don't know what the rules are. I don't know what the end goal is. Um, I, I like Undertaker and AJ Styles, that's for sure. But like, why should I care about this match? Well, like, what are you giving me? What's what's the plan? I, I have no clue what what they're trying to do here. Um, I don't know. Have they done boneyard matches in the past? Like, I've never heard of that in my life. Uh, no, I've never seen or heard of a Boneyard match uh, yeah. before. So it's like, okay, cool. It's Undertaker AJ Styles, so cool. But like, why and when and how and uh, where, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure, to be perfectly honest with you. I will say, um, speaking of Aleister Black, um, uh, he was scheduled to have a match with uh, Bobby Lashley here at WrestleMania 36. Um, Whether or not it has been taped is um, questionable at this point uh, because I think there are some questions as to uh, quarantine matters for one of these two individuals. Yikes. And uh, whether or not we'll see this match happen or we'll see a build to it, I don't know. Mm. Um, So hopefully these two gentlemen are safe and okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, hopefully we do get a match with them, but if not, then that's uh, that's the news. Yep. Yeah. Um, Bailey will be defending the SmackDown Women's Championship in a fatal five-way elimination match against Lacey Evans, Naomi, Sasha Banks, and Tamina. Um, oh, great! Tamina's back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, Sasha Banks. Uh, um, uh, that that uh, the, the the possibility of a turn with Bailey appeals most to me. 
for sure. Um, I, I I like that idea. I like it. I like it a lot. Mm. Um, and, and and I think Bailey and Sasha Banks have proven uh, previously. Obviously, they have got great chemistry. They can work well together. So yeah, yeah. you know, depending on what happens post WrestleMania, what the plans are, you know, we can still have a good feud between those two. Yeah. No, I mean I agree. Uh, the the match itself should be pretty good. Uh, I like everybody in it. Uh, Tamina's fine. Uh, I don't. I don't not like her. I don't. You know, she's fine. Whatever. Mm. Um, but uh, Bailey, Lacey Evans, Sasha Banks, and Naomi all great. They're they're all great. So uh, this should be a really good match. And I like that they made it an elimination match too. They don't do those a lot anymore. So I like that. Mm-hmm. I do like that addition for sure. Um, obviously. It's going to be Tamina eliminated first, and then Naomi, and, and then Lacey <laughs> Evans, and then we're going to have Bailey and Sasha Banks. Like that's you think the, so? Oh yeah, the writings are on the wall there. Um, hmm. But it it should still be pretty good. Yes, I, I would agree. This would be very very good. I would say. Um, let's see here. We do have also John Cena versus the Fiend Bray Wyatt in a Firefly Funhouse match. Yeah, so I was very excited for this match. Now I'm confused. Uh, I, I don't know what that means. It, it's very similar to the Boneyard match, where it's just like, okay, John Cena the Fiend, I like them, sweet, in a Firefly Funhouse match. Okay. Mm. Um, sure. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what they're going to do. I mean, the, the, what I envision happening is that they walk onto, or John Cena walks onto some kind of like Mr. Rogers type studio set, mm-hmm. and then there's the fiend, and like, I don't know, he like turns the lights red, and then, I don't know, these images of death and destruction are, yeah. <laughs> you know, rotting meat. <laughs> yeah, rotting meat. <laughs> um, <laughs> strange things. I don't know, man. Bray Wyatt and his, is, is, when he, when he lets his creativity shine, it's fine. But mm-hmm. sometimes he can take it a little bit too far. Like he had a very similar match type against Randy Orton once where they like right. filmed it offset and like he threw a refrigerator at Randy Orton. I don't know. <laughs> or or no, was it I don't know, maybe it was the other way around. I I don't know. Something something uh, happened. Yeah. Um yeah. Um Bray Wyatt, he's an interesting fellow. He is. That's for sure. He is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the match should be good, at the very least, uh, unless the Firefly Funhouse uh, gimmick match is just something super freaking weird. Uh, mm. I, honestly, I, I don't see it being more than this match takes place here. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be like standard rules. It, it's just where they wrestle mm. is what makes it the Firefly Funhouse match. Um, but if they go too far in that direction, it might get a little weird. Mm. We'll have to wait and see. We shall. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, there's a few more matches on the card. Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler for the Raw Women's Championship. We discussed this previously. Steven feels pretty strongly, as do I, that I think Shayna Baszler is going to come out on top for this one. I'm going to be mad if she doesn't. And the, and that's not mm. because I'm a Shayna Baszler fan. Because I'm not. Yeah. But because what the hell was Elimination Chamber if she doesn't get the title? This would be correct. The, yeah. the logistics wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Um, but... You know, I've seen crazier things happen. Uh, I mean, that's certainly true, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the The match itself should be fine. should be good. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough, then, Steven. <laughs> um, Goldberg. That's right. Goldberg will be defending his WWE Universal Championship 
originally against Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Uh, as of right now, it has been widely reported that Roman Reigns will not be involved in WrestleMania 36. Um, the widely held belief is that he is not comfortable um, with... Um, I guess the idea of being, I guess, participating in WrestleMania amidst, you know, his, you know, his, um, uh, him being immunocompromised, perhaps is the best right. way of putting it, uh, based on his recent cancer treatments, uh, that he had when he was, uh, fighting against, uh, leukemia, mm-hmm. um, obviously with, uh, coronavirus fears, uh, he, he would be very likely to be susceptible, easily mm-hmm. susceptible right. to, the, to the disease. Um, so it um, it is unfortunate. I will say that. Um, I don't blame him though. A, a bit, I don't blame him either. Um, a big part of me still wishes it was Roman Reigns here in this match, but I, again, I, I cannot blame him uh, in the slightest for making a decision like this. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, possible opponents. It's widely rumored that it would be uh, Braun Strowman, perhaps. Mm-hmm. That's what I've heard. Yeah. An- another rumor was Matt Riddle. Yes. <laughs> Those are probably the, the two that have been uh, uh, brought up the most at large. Um, but uh, we'll have to wait and see who will be facing Goldberg at WrestleMania. Yep. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brock Lesnar. Uh, we'll be facing Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. Yes. Um, yes. Hmm. What, what do you think, Tanner? I mean, honestly, I just really feel kind of bad um, because a coronation like this for Drew McIntyre, if he is to win, it should be in front of sixty to 70,000 people. Right, it should yep. be the biggest day in, uh, of his life, and I'm sure it'll still be a, a, a day worth uh, remembering for Drew McIntyre mm-hmm. if he was to beat Brock Lesnar here. Um, but um, you know, this will not be the crowning coronation that it should be uh, in front of um, thousands and thousands of, of fans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I, I think the plan here was always to have Drew McIntyre win that title for sure. Uh, I, I think the writing's on the walls with that one. Um, I definitely hear what you're saying, though. Uh, it definitely sucks, you know, for for Drew to be working that long. Finally, you know, climb your way up into the WrestleMania main event, uh, only to uh, only to not have a crowd or, or anything like that. Um, it, it's still going to be a big moment. Um, I I wonder if maybe they'll put it off. Who knows? I, I mean, know. I, Might I maybe do it at like SummerSlam <clears throat> or something. I don't think they're gonna pull, put it off. I think they're gonna. They might do a rematch, perhaps, mm-hmm. uh, depending on what's going on. I mean, who knows what'll happen five, six months from now compared to you know what's going to happen tomorrow or next week. Yeah. Right. Um. But uh, yeah, I, I would say this match is most likely still gonna go through. Yeah, I mean it should be pretty good. Uh, I'm just hoping that it's better than Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins at last year's WrestleMania, which was a garbage, garbage match. Uh, so as long as it's better than that one, and it didn't set the bar too high, so it should be fun. <laughs> yeah, I would I would say you're about right there. 
Um, but that is uh, WrestleMania so far, you guys. Indeed. And we will be covering it next weekend on Headlock Talk. So so you think because it's uh, it's two nights, do you think they'll have the Universal title one night and WWE title the other night? Most certainly. Yeah. I, I, I can't see why they would do them both in the same night. Yeah. Um, they would probably main event um, their own individual nights mm-hmm. is what it seems like. Yeah, that makes sense. We'll just have to wait and see who does what, when, and where. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, we're gonna we're gonna bring down the mood here a little bit, if if you guys don't mind. Uh, there there was an especially um, uh, poignant documentary uh, released by uh, Dark Side of the Ring. It's a it's a special. It's a series that uh, is on Vice, mm-hmm. and. Um, they uh, they were very very good last year. They had some very memorable episodes. Um, the one with uh, the one with Bruiser Brody, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. which was uh, pretty memorable. Yeah, yeah. Um, as well as uh, the Von Erichs episode as well, and that one was uh, very uh, very well done. Mm. I thought, as far as the documentary goes, um, this one here, um, I would say, just overall is probably the most gripping. Yeah. Um, uh, it's it's definitely not a feel good episode. No, um, not at all. It's it's uh it's very sad. Yeah, almost all the way through. Um, uh, it is very very well done though. Yes, uh, we are talking, of course, about uh, Chris Benoit, uh, the the uh, the documentary um, two part documentary that uh, Dark Side of the Ring did for for Chris uh, Benoit, um, and, and just the tragedy involved uh, with. Uh, you know hit the the murders of his wife and his son um and, and then of course his um his death um it, again like like steven said it was very very well done mm-hmm. um it's, it's narrated by chris jericho mm-hmm. um chris jericho plays a big part in in some of the interviews um that that are done in the uh, in the episode uh, as is chavo guerrero um nancy benoit's um sister mm-hmm. uh, it plays a huge role um david benoit mm-hmm. uh, chris's son um vicky guerrero's in it vicky guerrero plays a big part mm-hmm. um dean malenko dean malenko and his wife are in the the documentary as well mm-hmm. so yes this is a, a very well done um very uh, tragic story obviously um but um, yeah, it's um, it's it's it, it's kind of wild. It made me relive kind of a lot of what was going on around that time in the news, mm-hmm. um, because when when this went down, it was everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And I just remember people, um, uh, not to be slanderous, but I remember you know uh, you know Nancy Grace, you know she would go on TV, and and I don't think she necessarily knew a lot of you know maybe the. Um, the realities of the situation. She's not really smartened up to the wrestling in itself, and I think right. it's not just her, but I think I think mainstream journalism in, in general doesn't get pro wrestling, mm-hmm. perhaps. So she would say things like, "Oh, Chris Benoit was upset because he was no longer in the Four Horsemen," and it's like that happened ten years ago. Right. Like, what are you what are you going on about? Right. Um. <laughs> so it was just kind of. I don't know, one of these very surreal kind of moments to look back on it, you know, over 10 years after. Mm-hmm. No, the, this was a really, really, uh, obviously, like you said, very tragic documentary, very sad documentary. Uh, it was also um, 
you know, for better or worse, very interesting uh, to me specifically, just because I'm with this documentary, I was kind of experiencing the story and experiencing those events in a completely different way. Uh, I was a kid when this happened, like 100% I was a kid, uh, probably about 10 years old. Um, I'm 23 now. Uh, so, you know, as an adult, I kind of understand these things a little bit more than I than I did back then. Uh, back then, it was very confusing. Uh, watching a lot of the news, um, people talking about it, and, and kind of just the the slow rollout uh, of info of what actually happened. Um, and you know, when, when I was a kid, it was very confusing to me. Uh, I really didn't, I I, I didn't have a, a full grasp uh, of mm. really what the situation was. Um, since then, I've heard this this story a million times. Um, but seeing seeing uh, you know Chavo Guerrero mm. and, and Vicky Guerrero, uh, Dean Malenko, Chris Jericho, all these people that that were there and, and that experienced this um, very personally and, and experienced this very personal event, hearing them talk about it, it it definitely made me see it in a different light. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously you can you can hear the story and hear what happened and be like, yeah, that's, it's a very tragic event, but, but to really hear it from the perspective of the people that lived it, uh, really gives a, a kind of heavy, a heavier dose of it. I would say. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a heavier feel, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Um, and, and I mean, it's, it, it goes into more than just Chris Benoit. Cause like mm-hmm. in, in part one, of the documentary it's it's just as much about chris and eddie guerrero mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 as much about like their friendship and their meeting and like you know when you know they go into obviously eddie passing away and how strong that hit chris mm-hmm. right they they you know talk about a segment where you know nancy would be at you know vicky's house for like two weeks after eddie had passed away just to kind of like take care of the house and take care of the family while vicky was mourning and um you know eventually nancy was able to get vicky out of bed but you know (laughs) you know they would you know find chris you know in in bed on eddie's side of the bed at times, you know, cl- clutching Eddie's pillow, you know, mm-hmm. or, or he'd be in the weight room upstairs, you know, sobbing, right? Um, very, <laughs> very heavy kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, no, I, and uh, sorry, I didn't mean to. No, go, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, I, I do like that Vice decided to put it in uh, parts, part mm-hmm. one and two. Uh, I think part one uh, distinctly looks at everything leading up to it. Mm-hmm. And everything that, uh, you know, was affecting Chris Benoit, everything that w- that was on his mind mm-hmm. um, during that time, and, and possibly, you know, the 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 really heavy things that led to his, uh, you know, for for better or worse, mental downfall. Uh, li- like you said, the the first part is just a mu- just as much about Chris Benoit as it is about Eddie Guerrero, and uh, I-, I think they they really hit the nail on the head there with mm. um, talking so much about Eddie Guerrero because um, everything that that I've heard about the story is that that was the turning point you you know for Chris Benoit it, it started a long spiral for him and it's <sighs> obviously this is very tragic but right. It's nice to see Vice handle it in the way that they did, just because 
Vice is not a pro wrestling organization. Right. But for them to respect the story mm. and, and handle it at, with as much care as they did, mm. hats off to Vice for it. No, ab- absolutely. Um, I, I completely agree, man. And, uh, you know, I mean, just a, a few different um, parting things here before we move on to our next subjects. I know this is going to be, this is fi- a fairly heavy subject for our viewers. Um, and uh, um, we, we want to handle this as probably delicately as, as we can. Um, the, the the stuff with, with David um, Benoit is pretty crazy because he you can tell you know and he says it multiple times you know yeah my father was my hero right and he's lived his life now looking exactly like his father right right? but then he's got to carry this burden of all of this truth basically yeah Yeah. um with kind of what's what's happened in this scenario and kind of the the divide between um the uh you know you know his stepmom's side of the family and uh, his father's side of the family. Um, now it's uh, you know it does end on a on a much nicer note. Uh, the documentary itself, um, where David is reunited with uh, Nancy's sister, um, uh, and they're able to kind of move move on in their relationship. Um, and it's good to see that they they did need to be reunited. And, and hats off to Chris Jericho really for making that happen yeah a a lot of you know kind of this um a lot of these revelations and this episode would not be necessarily what it is without chris jericho i would say Mm -hmm. um so yeah he uh he's he's a big part of this um david is chris jericho is um uh nancy's sister is obviously Mm -hmm. um and and then kind of at the towards the tail end of um uh, the episode, uh, they do talk a little bit about, um, I think Chris Jericho specifically says this, this dichotomy between Benoit and Eddie. And they, they show that famous picture of, of Eddie and Benoit raising each other's hands and they have their titles at the end of WrestleMania 20. And it's there this weird dichotomy of, you know, here you have Eddie who is, you know, going to be revered in wrestling lore and wrestling history forever uh, for being uh, almost like a tragic hero right. in, in wrestling. And then you have Benoit, who um, he's, <laughs> you can't even hardly say the name Benoit in wrestling is kind of how Chris puts it. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. Um, to sum up a few other things here, uh, <laughs> I, there will be people asking online, does Chris Benoit deserve to go into the WWE Hall of Fame? I think this is a resounding no. Yeah. Um, I, I think that they touch on that enough in the documentary. Um, I will say that uh, Nancy deserves to go into the Hall of Fame. Yes. Um, you know, for, for everything that she's done for pro wrestling. I mean, she was just as deep in the business as Benoit was at one point, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean it's uh it is a very well done show. Yes. Um and I highly recommend checking it out if you have Vice. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to check it out through their apps, it is also available on YouTube mm-hmm. through apps uh through uh, Vice's channel. That's so. how I watched it was on YouTube. The entire thing's free. Yeah. So good um, stuff. No, I, I uh you know, tragic story. Um I, I 
I don't I don't know if this is going to sound bad. I I did enjoy the documentary. Mm, um, right, right. You know, uh, obviously the the subject matter is very heavy and very tragic. Um, but I am a fan of documentaries, uh, and this mm. was one that was done very well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you like pro wrestling history, definitely check it out. Uh, if you like documentaries, definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, just go in knowing that this is not a happy ending. Right, this is not a happy story. Right. Well, and and I mean, we could we could literally talk about the you know this in for for a whole podcast if not multiple podcasts about Honestly. this yeah um you know um there's really no way of knowing um what really went down that weekend um i'm not here to you know <laughs> give you an exact answer um i will give you what my opinion is um i think like what we've discussed here before uh the truth lies somewhere in the middle between a lot of these different things, right? Um, I don't think it's just steroids. I don't think it's just Benoit having troubles with alcohol at the time. I don't think it's just CTE. Um, I think this is a, uh, a perfect storm of, of things that happened and that were going on with his life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those things in specific, um, you know, with substances or, you know, with the damage that he'd, he'd done to his brain. Um, I think that in, in tandem with his relationship with his, his wife at the time, I think, you know, all sorts of other different factors and stresses, his, his depression, maybe through the deaths of, of Eddie and some of his other friends who were passing away. I think that, uh, it was just a perfect storm that caused him to go over the edge. And, uh, it's, um, it's definitely tragic, uh, for, for all parties involved, for sure. Yeah. I mean, there, there's really no other way to slice it. Just, just a a very tragic story, a very tragic ending for, for a family. Mm. Um, but, but like you said, uh, the, the documentary does end on a, on a brighter note Mm. with, uh, Nancy's sister and, uh, uh, David. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benoit, uh, seeing each other for the first time, they said in 13 years, mm-hmm. uh, going to a wrestling show, uh, being able to talk to each other and, um, you know, kind of have, uh, kind of have Nancy, you know, live on, uh, with, with her sister. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely a brighter note at, at the end, uh, probably the, uh, probably the brightest note that's possible out of this scenario. Right. Of course. Um, we we won't we won't linger on this, but uh, it was a uh, it was a very well done uh, documentary, yes. a well done uh, uh, piece of uh, of work here uh, from its creators as well as uh, as Vice themselves. Mm-hmm. So highly recommend checking it out, you guys. We're gonna pick the mood back up. How about that? Yeah. All right. Let's, Let's do it. That sounds good. Yeah. We asked you guys once again this week to bring the heat. Yes, we wanted you to give us your hottest takes, your most unpopular opinions, and your most burning questions, and we will discuss and give you a shout-out here on today's episode. Hot takes. Hot takes. <laughs> Let's kick it off here. I don't think you're 100% sold on the sizzle, but I'm going to keep I, doing I, it. I, I like the sizzle, man. Okay. I do like the sizzle. Okay. <laughs> You need to make it sound more like like you're you got multiple burgers there or something like a like a ch- ch- there you go we're getting there we'll work on it <laughs> um, let's kick it off here with the queen of ne ah hello queen hello queen 
the Queen of NE on Twitter at the Queen of NE, of course. Queen asks, "What's your favorite match you've seen from any of the No Fans shows?" Ooh, that's a good one. Um, so uh, the wrestling YouTube channel uh, Wrestle Talk uh, put on a great No Fans show. Uh, where they had, uh, I think David Starr was involved in a really great match, and then you also had like Connor Mills and Kyle Fletcher put on a really great match, and it was uh, headlined by Will Ospreay taking on B Priestley in a very unique intergender um, interrelationship match, <laughs> um, um, and uh, man, they they looked great in the ring together. Uh, they sold very well for each other. And, uh, yeah, it was quite a lovely show and for a great cause because they were raising money, uh, for independent wrestling. Uh, so yes, um, wrestle talk, uh, check it out. They put on a great, uh, no fans show, I would say. Right on. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's going to be, uh, from the first dynamite after, uh, this whole, you know, Corona thing came out and we, we found out everyone was going to do them. Uh, mine would be the, uh, the tag team match on, the women's tag team match on that Dynamite was Chris Statlander and Karshida, B. Priestley and Nyla Rose. Really just because we get to see B. Priestley back on Dynamite, and she's been gone for a very, very long time. Uh, so it was cool to see her again, and also just this show in general, because I think they handled it really well with MJF and Sean Spears, uh, you know, betting on the matches and things like that. So, uh, yeah, definitely the, the women's tag match there. Very interesting. B. Priestley, a possible MVP of these no fans shows here. Oh, man, yes, yeah, putting in a lot of work. Uh, I mean, yeah. she's great. I mean, that that dynamite um, after everything kind of started going down uh, was uh, uh, that that whole show was pretty good. Yeah. I would say because that that was the one with the exalted one, right? And mm-hmm. the, and, the, and Matt Hardy. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's uh, yeah, pretty good. It was good times. Oh, it was a good time. Um, let, Thanks, Queen. Yeah, thank you, Queen, for the question. Uh, let me see here. DBW Podcast at DBW Podcast on Twitter. Uh, good friend of the show as well. Uh, they say Matt Riddle is just another boring UFC guy WWE brought in because they can't make any of their own talent anymore. Oh, the hottest of takes. Oh. Well, I disagree with you, sir. I um, yes. I don't know I, what else to say. I I respectfully disagree. Yeah. I I think that Matt Riddle has uh, certainly provided his um, you know his own level of uh, uh, I guess charisma. He, you know he's uh, he's very very good in the ring. I think he honestly he should be in the spot that Velveteen Dream is right now, where mm-hmm. he where he's the one to to you know face Adam Cole. At whatever point in time this decides to be, right. I, I think that Matt Riddle should be your next NXT World Heavyweight Champion. Just my opinion, though. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Uh, Matt Riddle's one of the one of the best guys on the NXT roster, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion. Um, you know, if you don't like him, that's fine. Yeah. I, I'm not saying you're wrong. It, it's all subjective. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Riddle's great. Yeah, I like Matt Riddle a lot. But yes, uh, DBW Podcast on Twitter. Thank you uh, for your hot take. Hey, and, he uh, gets the point of hot takes, so hey, I got to hey, give it to him. Hey, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that, that is a that is a hot 
a hot take. Um, we, we are kindred spirits in terms of our love of OTT, though. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Much respect to DBW Podcast. Yes. Um, let me see here. Uh, Get Cho Wrestling Podcast at Get Cho Podcast. More friends of the show, of course. Yes. Uh, let me see here. What are some other wrestling-based show ideas that Vice should look into for wrestling fans? Shout out to Dark Side of the Ring and The Wrestlers TV for being such great shows. Mm. I like that. Mm. I think it'd be cool if they did a uh, uh, a documentary about like the birth of AEW mm. and, and like what what happened to cause that, you know. That would be interesting, like a like an AEW like first ye- like first year, mm-hmm. uh, year one of AEW documentary, yeah, or or even just like from the very beginning to all out, hmm. you know, yeah, I I could see that. That'd be cool. I could definitely see that. Um, Vice normally takes on like these uh these controversial sh- subjects here, um. So I mean, you could definitely go into um. The Vince McMahon steroid trial, mm. obviously a huge one. Yeah. There's also the uh, uh, some of the sex scandals that you had in the late 80s and early 90s involving uh, WWE, mid to late 80s, I guess it would be. Um, you could look into some of those because that was a really big subject at the time. Um, let me see here. What else? Um <laughs> Steven won't like this, Uh-oh. but I think that they should do a whole show on um, the Heroes of Wrestling show. <laughs> they could really, no, I would love to watch that. They could really crack that thing open and yeah. make it <laughs> make it hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Um, not hilarious, but like <laughs> you know, get make it a very good point as to what was going on. Yeah, yeah. No, that'd be cool for sure. I'm trying to think of such a tragic show. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It, it getting like PTSD from. It. <laughs> Maybe we should go back and rewatch it, Stephen. What do you think? <laughs> Maybe Heroes of Wrestling. You guys gotta gotta go check that one out. It's it's it's, it's one for the uh, one for the bucket list. One for the trash can. <laughs> one for the trash can. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I would say uh, those three come to mind first. And then Steven brings up, a, obviously, a very good one with the, the birth of AEW and kind yeah. of the surrounding things there. Um, there was also a, a WCW show back in the day that they did in Pyongyang, North Korea. Oh shit! Yeah, what? Yeah, it's it actually gathered like over a hundred thousand people or something like that. It's like the it's like the um, uh, the largest like gathering for a wrestling uh, event in history. Um, I, I, I think is it bad if I want to watch that? Well, you can't actually find it on the WWE Network. That's the surprise, surprise. That's the, that's the problem. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, I think that maybe a piece on that would be pretty interesting too. Yeah. 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 Good. Good stuff. <laughs> All right. Thank you for your question, Gitcho. Yes. Um. Let me see here. Noobinco at noob underscore n underscore co nineteen ninety one asks. What are your thoughts on Asuka on commentary on Raw last week? I have to admit, she's extremely entertaining ever since she started her YouTube channel. Mm. Yes, Asuka on commentary. I find to be quite entertaining. Yeah. I would agree. I mean, I only uh, saw clips of it. 
Um, but I mean, yeah, Oscar's great. Like, yeah, uh, that's uh, you know, thank you for your question, but that's not even a question to me. It's like, yeah, she's great. That's that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Yeah, I, I mean, I I can't even really, you know, say anything more to that. I think that um, there there are lingering rumors still, of course, that. You know, uh, Io Shirai and Kairi Sane might go back to stardom in Japan. I hope that that's true for mm-hmm. them. Um, though, I mean, that would be a big loss for WWE to oh, lose yeah. two super talented women. Um, but uh, Asuka, she's, she's obviously out there doing her thing, being entertaining. It's awesome. Can't yeah. complain. Yeah. I mean, she's entertaining, and I, I can't think of any reason not to. So, mm. yeah. Kurt Johansson on Twitter at Kurt Johansson 93 mm. another friend of the show asks how would you introduce how would you introduce rather the revival in AEW mm. 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 <laughs> um yeah I, I mean the way that you would book the revival and I think that they should really just um I, I would just do an immediate impact kind of thing because the people who are fans of AEW are going to know who the revival are if they just jump the the ring barrier and get in the ring and start beating up on the young bucks, mm-hmm. right? Or, or they lay waste to any other number of teams. Um, I, I mean, the way that they did the butcher and the blade, for example, because they are, um, you have to be really deep in your independent wrestling uh, to to point out, oh, that's the butcher and the blade. Right, that one didn't really come off the ground as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that you know, with with people that are um, as recognizable as the guys in the revival are, yeah, I, I think that you could just have them jump over the barricade and a- attack the young bucks, for example. Yeah, no, I mean that, that they definitely have the star power to to definitely be able to do that. I would like to see them uh, as unannounced participants in a tag team tournament. Ooh. That would be good, or yep. like, or like maybe like um, like a like a ladder match mm. for uh for for the AEW tag team titles. Yeah, an, yeah. Un- an unannounced participant in that mm-hmm. that would be super dope. Yeah, or if they or if they have like you know opening match for the tournament is uh you know private party young bucks. And right before the match, Revival comes in and takes out Private Party, mm. and, and then uh, they have a match with the Young Bucks. Something like that would be yeah. cool. Yeah. And of course, uh, I think we've, we've mentioned this before, uh, I like the idea of changing the name to The Arrival. Yes. Hmm. I think that's a... Absolutely. That, that's a, a good way to go. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your question, Kurt. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, let me see here. Matt G, a.k.a. Brother Black of the Brotherhood at Illustrious MG40 asks, Braun Strowman possibly being booked into the Universal title match to replace Reigns. Yay or nay? Steven? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Um, Yay, I, I guess. Um, I definitely like this match better than Goldberg vs. Roman Reigns. In my opinion, uh, I know people won't like that, but yay, I guess. I'm I'm saying nay because of how just ignorant Braun was about the independent wrestling. That's uh, fair. Subject. That's a fair point. And he yeah. he has since 
um, recanted and reconciled and apologized to a degree. Uh, I, I, w- I will say that. Um, but um, I'm a big behavior and uh, I'm a big believer, rather, in that bad behavior should not be rewarded. Um, but it is WWE and they could give a damn less what happens to you've, independent wrestling. You've converted me. <laughs> Nay. Um, Nay. So I, I hope that helps. Uh, Matt. Um, <laughs> so big shout out again to illustrious MG40 on Twitter. Uh, let's see here. Another question here. SCW wrestling channel at SC under SCW underscore Steve asks, what were your thoughts on the dark side of the ring documentary on Chris Benoit? Um, well, we, I think we did that. We, we covered that. Uh, I would say in, in, in a fair amount of detail. I, I didn't want to get too into it because um, at that point that would just make Stephen and I cry. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. So um, I hope that uh, that the ten minutes that we spent talking about it, uh, I hope that covers it well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, please, if you have a um, if you have a question about maybe something that we said, or if um, if there's something that maybe we didn't address that you would like to know more about, uh, definitely hit us up on Twitter at Headlock Talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will be more than happy uh, to to talk about it. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, we uh, we move right along here. T three Podcast Network at T three Network on Twitter says: While many love the idea of Riddle versus Goldberg now for WrestleMania, is it a waste of Riddle's talent because we all know it won't go more? <laughs> Than three minutes, uh, yes, uh, because Matt Riddle will shoot on Goldberg and choke him out in about thirty seconds, and we will have a new Universal Champion named Matt Riddle. That's my answer. Uh, <laughs> short answer: Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I think a lot of these big WrestleMania matches waste everyone's talent. To be honest, uh, Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar last year was awful. Brock Lesnar versus Ricochet was awful. They, these these big matches, they don't feel big at all in the moment. They they just they're they're here and then they're gone just just in the blink of an eye. And uh, you know it certainly takes talent to to be able to go in there and you know sell being destroyed. You know that definitely takes talent, but um, not the not the same amount of talent that an actual match would take. Who who's saying Matt Riddle's going to get destroyed here? I mean, I the man's got legit like mixed martial arts combat experience. He he would just destroy Goldberg. I, I'm just saying. I'm I'm just saying <laughs> for the sake of it. Yeah. Like <laughs> a, a 3 a 3 minute squash match doesn't take as much talent as a 15 minute actual match. Yeah. That's, but just just imagine the scenes of like Matt Riddle choking out Goldberg and then like raising the title and then Vince just running out to the ring to try and stop him as Matt Riddle runs away with the title. I think that would be, I'm down. Yeah. Just yeah. Great stuff. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, thank you for your question. T three network. We greatly appreciate it. Um, the hallway wrestling podcast at hallway graps pod asks, will Osprey, Oh, this is this is more of a sentence here. This is a, a, oh, a hot it's take. Not, it's not will he? It's <laughs> will Osprey? <laughs> will <Okay>. Osprey? <laughs> I got confused there for a minute. <laughs> oh man! Yes, Will Osprey is the hottest man in wrestling, and no one can tell me otherwise. 
In all seriousness, the amount of sheer muscle mass he has put on the last 18 months is insane. Next, IWGP heavyweight champion. Hmm. Yes, uh, Will Ospreay has put on a lot of muscle mass in a relatively short amount of time, um, uh, especially compared to uh, the way that he looked previously. Um, He looked like he was destined to always be uh, a junior heavyweight, Mm -hmm. and he has uh, worked really hard to get the body that he has now. That's a a lot of food you got to eat. It's a lot of hitting the gym that you got to do. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, are, you, are we saying mm. he's the hottest in terms of attractiveness, or mm. or in terms of like people wanting to book him? <laughs> oh, I, oh, I, oh, I guess those are the same thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> book him for what, Stephen? Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> As an escort service, <laughs> duh. Um, let's see here. Uh, is Will Ospreay the hottest man in wrestling? Um, I I mean, if you're into that kind of thing, I guess, right? Like, <laughs> I I mean, I don't. Uh, <laughs> oh man. I, I I mean, who who is the hottest man in wrestling? Um, I mean, Stephen would probably tell you his good friend Peter Avalon yes. is perhaps the hottest man in wrestling. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, it just depends on whatever floats your boat. <laughs> Man, we've just destroyed this question. I guess it wasn't really a question. It, it's not Will, Will Ospreay. Ospreay. <laughs> it's not Will Ospreay, it's Will Ospreay. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderfully worked question here. Uh, thank you, Hallway Craps Pod, for your question. <laughs> I hope we answered it to the best of our ability. I don't think we did. (laughs) But that's what you're getting, so... (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And you're welcome. (laughs) Wonderful. Oh, boy. Beautifully worked. Um, (laughs) The Wrestling Life on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast says, Kevin Kelly is the best announcer in all of wrestling currently. Mm. Mm. Kevin Kelly, of course, uh, from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say he's certainly one of the most insightful and does the best at telling the story. And I think a lot of that does also have to do with the, the people that he works with, too, bouncing off like ideas on the commentary uh, team. And mm-hmm. um, he, he does have... Um, while he doesn't have like the voice that Jr. has, or like the cadence, or you know, kind of just the the way of of explaining things that Jr. has, I think that there are a lot of similarities between the two. More similarities with Kevin Kelly than Michael Cole, perhaps. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't really listen to the <laughs> to the commentary when I'm watching New Japan. Personally, uh, I'm just looking at the match. Um, looking at Kota Ibushi. <clears throat> or, or, or the hottest man in all of wrestling, Will, Will Ospreay. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, my favorite is Excalibur, personally. Mm, but, Excalibur uh, is a good pick. I, I just my, my favorite thing about Excalibur is he's consistent. Mm. And he, he's consistently great. 
Um, he he has great banter with his with his co-hosts, and uh, yeah, I, I mean I, that's just my opinion. I like Excalibur the best. Um, it it's also not very fair because I don't listen to the commentary too much for mm. New Japan. So I don't know. May, maybe next time I watch a New Japan show, I'll have to I'll have to pay a little bit more attention. Um, uh, another mention here: uh, Mar Ronaldo and oh, absolutely. Uh, Nigel McGuinness. Uh, they yes. have they are uh, just a wonderful. Uh, uh, chemistry with each other as far as the commentary. Mm-hmm. Corey is Graves is just out of this world. Oh. He's, he's just really, really great at what he does. Um, his podcast is spectacular, and uh, I, I just really like Corey Graves like as a person. Yep, so that's my two cents. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. You're welcome. I'm sure we're we're all more enlightened now than what we were before we <laughs> we tuned into this episode. Yeah. Um, and thank or you, you know a little bit more about me, <laughs> perhaps so. <laughs> thank you for your question, or your rather your hot take here. Twl underscore podcast. Uh, let's see here. Pro wrestling OJ. Uh, what what are those what are those called? We got a parentheses. Parentheses. Uh, there you go. Got it. Uh, parentheses. Aaron B. Mm. Thank you, Stephen. I couldn't uh, think of parentheses. I was just like making outlines of <laughs> in the air. There. I'm with you. I'm with um, you. The, uh, Pro wrestling OJ at Pro wrestling OJ on Twitter. Uh, despite all the talent, WWE tag just divi- a rat in a cage. Yes. Uh, despite all the talent, WWE's tag division is horseshit. Yeah. 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 So, I don't want to say it's horseshit. I would say the way that it's booked it's, and, and the scenarios that they put them in is yes, bullshit. It's, um, it's poorly executed. Yeah. Uh, Usos are fantastic. Uh, New Day is great. Revival's great. There's a lot of really, really good tag teams. Uh, it, it's just that they're put in matches that mean nothing. And, and it's just like, oh, these guys are going to go for the title. Why? Because they're a tag team. <laughs> and and it, there's no real reason as to why they're feuding or anything like that. So I, I wouldn't say it's horseshit. I would more say it's wasted opportunity. Yes. I th- I will say I think it's horseshit what they've done. <laughs> To the tag division. <laughs> but that's just uh, me. <laughs> we're having too much fun on the show. It, it is. It is we, we have a good time here. It's, it's good. And then, of course, our another friend of the show, our good buddy, Mike Charlip, hey. at MikeJC821. He missed out on last week's uh, hot take, so he came back with a fiery vengeance yes. this week here. Um, Mike asks... Hey, Mike. Hi, yes, hi, Mike. <laughs> Mike asks, is it stupid for NXT to hype debuts of Killer Cross and Dexter Loomis uh, when it's very uncertain when that could even happen? Uh, Mike is, of course, referencing um, some of the promos from the most recent weeks of NXT. Um, and while I'm not super familiar with Dexter Loomis, um, I am very familiar with Killer Cross, and they put his promo package right at the ending segment of NXT as Johnny and Tommaso were agreeing to their match two weeks uh, from uh, from Wednesday, which I guess that would be, uh, what, the, the 8th or the 9th? The mm-hmm. 8th. 
Um, it is not a loser leaves town match, but Triple H did make it very clear um, that no, that the sins now no more, no more shenanigans or else. Um, but then Killer Cross's uh, promo package came up, and both men were left. Uh, all three men rather were left staring at the the, the screen. Mm-hmm. Is it a good idea? Um, I mean, you could always build for something, mm-hmm. right? I mean, especially now. I mean, what w- what else is going to happen? You're just going to give more anticipation for something that's going to happen later, right? I mean, it, it can go either way. Um, if if it's built too long and, and it just takes forever, yes, a long long build definitely can be detrimental to the debut of somebody. Um, I. I I do agree that if it's kind of up in the air on when it's going to happen, yeah, probably not the best idea to start hyping it now, mm. considering it could happen six months from now mm-hmm. or, or something. And then you, I mean, then you're just like giving everybody a red herring uh, to the storyline. Yeah. You know, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but if if you're going to be red herring for the next six months, uh, yeah, definitely can be detrimental for mm-hmm. sure. I would agree. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, let me see here. Mike also. Just don't get into it. Sorry. Uh, just don't get into a situation with the Exalted one. Because obviously mm. uh, the debut and who it is is great. It took way, way too long. Way too long. Yeah. And I'm still interested in it because I like AEW and, and I watch it all the time and I watch wrestling all the time. But you already lost a bunch of people. I'll tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. You know, They started caring again once they actually did the reveal but the dark like no one's cared about the dark order for months at this point <laughs> just because it's like oh just wait till the exalted one comes it's like bro you've been saying that for like seven weeks yeah you know so that's yeah i'll just I, leave it at that i would agree with that steven but very well very well said oh, good good point oh. good good points on that oh. <laughs> uh mike also says braun Strowman doesn't deserve to f- even face the universal champion let alone beat him yeah yeah um definitely has doesn't have a lot of good favor right now um no not a lot of good favor at least within the internet wrestling community i will say that mm-hmm. um and i would say um though he's, he's certainly trying to make up for it uh, even if you looked at it in a purely logistical sense he lost the title the the intercontinental title to Sami Zayn, and yes it was a three-on-one match fine but what has Braun done to actually deserve a title shot at Goldberg? Well, I mean, if this that is, is what happens, right? Right. This is if that is what's happening. This is literally just another example of really nothing mattering on WWE anymore. Wins and losses, storylines, nothing really matters. It's just you know enough time to get to the next show. Um, so if if Braun is in this match, it really doesn't make much sense at all. Uh, yeah. Mm. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I think that's a good answer. Yeah. Um, and last but not least, uh, Mike uh, asks uh, one last thing: Is there any? Is there a more bland or annoying commentator in the business today than Byron Saxton? If he was never on commentary ever again, I'd never miss him ever. Oh. Yeah. So I I don't uh. I don't want to be like too hard on him. Um, bland, unfortunately, is a good word. Mm. Uh, I would say uh, it, it's just very boilerplate 
you know, that there's nothing really special, you know? It's just like, oh, he did the thing. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, so here's here's um, here's my rationale, right? Um, you don't really have, like, much character in a lot of your commentary team anymore. Um, and um, you don't have, like, a JR. You, you still have King, but King's kind of, like... Um, He's kind of losing it a little he's bit. Like, he's like a shell of what, of what he was. A, a little bit. I mean, yeah. he's he's got really good moments, but then like sometimes he comes across as pretty out of touch. Um, you know, sorry, King, if you're listening. Um, just my two cents here. Um, but um, I mean, you look at uh, I don't know. I sometimes think that when 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 Byron King is funny. He's actually pretty funny. I, I, I think he's funny, at least. Um, maybe others won't agree with that, but I, I like Byron when he is somewhat comedic. Like, the stuff that he did with Stone Cold, I thought was, was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, he's got a whole... You can do whole montages uh, and clips of funny Byron Saxton moments, right? Yeah. Um... Worst commentator, though. I mean, look, you still have people like... Um, My favorite commentator in the world, Corey Graves. Corey Graves. Mm-hmm. He's pretty awful. Uh, <laughs> he's pretty awful. Uh, Jonathan Coachman. Mm. He's... Mm. Um, look, he's he's not good. He's not, <laughs> he's, 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 he's not a good commentator. <laughs> True. Um, what's that other guy's name? The guy with the... The guy with the afro that really bugs me all the time. He, oh, uh, ah, Sam Roberts. Yeah, yeah Sam yeah. Roberts. He sucks. <laughs> Who's that guy? Oh, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, one get, F-bomb per show. Yeah. I, I get, get one. You get one, Steven. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I mean, nothing against Sam Roberts other than he sucks. I mean, not like... Um, <laughs> not. Nothing against him personally. Yeah, nothing. I I guess maybe that's um, maybe that's what his whole role is. Is like he's he's such a good heel commentator that you're just like, man, screw this guy. Right. Right. Um, he's just doing his job, and if he is, well done. I mean, he's doing it well. Yeah. Yeah, Well done. You you did it. Um, yeah, Jonathan Coachman. I'm also um. Of the opinion, I uh, I, th- I think I've said this before, and it's not that I dislike, uh, it's not that I dislike her on commentary, um, but I I don't think NXT is the right fit for Beth Phoenix. I think Beth Phoenix would serve better on Raw, for example, uh, maybe maybe taking the King's place, mm. or you know she could even work on SmackDown, maybe to kind of like I don't know <laughs> alleviate some of the. The venom that <laughs> that Corey Graves puts in on that show. Yeah, um, yeah. Just uh, some brief thoughts on WWE commentary, I guess. Fair enough. There you go. Shout out to the best commentator in the world, <coughs> Corey Graves. Corey Graves. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. And that is going to conclude uh, your hot takes for the week, ladies and gentlemen. Hot takes. Um, thank you all for uh, for contributing, and we will uh, do this again next week. Maybe, well, 
Maybe. We'll see. I mean, next week's kind of busy, you know. We are going to be kind of busy next WrestleMania. Week. Yeah. So we might we might put a little bit of a, a little bit of a pause here uh, on hot takes. But you know what's not getting a pause? Our closing segment, of course. If wishes were fishes. It's underwater. Now, if you've been with us since the very beginning, or if this is your very first episode of Headlock Talk, If Wishes Were Fishes is a fun game that Steven and I play at the end of the episode, where we each take turns making, I believe, we're, 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 we're going to do one one wish. Mm-hmm. One wrestling-related wish each. We're going to make one wrestling-related wish each. Nailed it. Dang. <laughs> Annunciation. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, the other will grade them, indeed, in terms of fishes. Yes, yeah, it's quite a silly game, but 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 quite fun. Yeah, we have fun. I think it's quite nice. Um, I have a wish, Stephen. Do Do you have a wish prepared for I this do week? Indeed. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go first. Mine's a quick one. So fair enough. Um. I know I talked earlier about uh, Matt Riddle being the man to beat Adam Cole and to be the next NXT World Champion. Well, now I'm going to take one giant step back from that. And I'm going to actually say that Killer Cross should actually be your next NXT Champion. I think he should have a a giant run through the uh, NXT roster. Uh, He should beat both Johnny and Tommaso and beat Adam Cole. And he should run roughshod over all of the roster, except for Matt Riddle. And uh, Matt Riddle and Adam Cole, not Adam Cole, but Matt Riddle and Killer Cross will one day have a massive match for that NXT championship. Nice. And uh, that's how Matt Riddle wins his title. Mm. That is my wish. Okay, okay. It's a good one. It's a good one, for sure. Can you guess what fish you got coming towards you? Is it uh is it a fire goby? Yes. <laughs> four of them. Four 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 fire gobies, four elegant fire gobies. Mm. Yes. They are very very nice fish. Very elegant. Very elegant very fish. Very on fire. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a nice looking fish. Y'all it should is. really have a look at this fish if yeah. you haven't seen it already. It's one of my favorites. Yes. <laughs> um for my wish, it's just a real quick one. We've already heard rumors about this. Um, there's, well, semi rumors. It's kind of just him saying he wants to do it. Um, but I really want it to happen in a non-ironic way and I want it to go down. Fantastic. And what? Oh, that's just, uh, yeah, just, uh, just, just looking words and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if wishes were fishes, uh, Goldberg versus Matt Riddle at WrestleMania and have Matt Riddle, uh, go over Get that title off of him and have a nice reign through the main roster. Uh, I I forget who who gave us the hot take that Matt Riddle sucks. I disagree. Matt Riddle's fantastic, and he can be fantastic on the main roster as well. Um, so I mean, just let's use this opportunity. Give him that opportunity. Mm-hmm. I I I I like that wish. Mm. Um, this is very much a Matt Riddle centric. Um, if wishes were fishes, yeah. somehow that that ended up very interesting. Well, you, you um, said Matt Riddle, and I was like, "Damn it! Did, <laughs> did he steal my wish?" <laughs> that would be kind of funny, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, 
Yes, I'm actually going to give you five of these bicolor damselfish oh, because if you, if you have a look at it, um, it actually looks like uh, like one of those lit dubs that Matt Riddle partakes in sometimes. Mm. So mm. you know, uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Very fitting. Yes. Um, <laughs> That concludes this episode of Headlock Talk. <laughs> if you ever have if wishes were fishes, please don't hesitate to hit us up at Headlock Talk on Twitter. Just use, perhaps do this: use the hashtag if wishes were fishes and at Headlock Talk. Oh snap! We're reserving and, and our we'll, own hashtag. Yeah, hashtag if wishes were fishes, and just throw our name there at Headlock Talk. Yes, and we'll read out your wishes as they come in. Wouldn't that be special? Yeah, that sounds like fun. Yeah. And we'll give you some fishes, too. Yeah, well, we will give you guys the fishes. We'll work on shipping logistics later. Yeah, it's, it'll be a whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, first off, I guess uh, thank you guys for uh, tuning in to this week's episode of Headlock Talk. Thank you. Thank yes, you very much. Uh, we will have a little bit of a something-something coming for you. Uh, midweek, so you know, keep your peepers peeled mm-hmm. on Wednesday for keep a, them peepers peeled for uh, some some extra headlock talk content. Mm-hmm. Mm, indeed, juicy. <laughs> um, we've been dropping. We dropped a little bit of a hint of what we're doing uh, for this little bonus um, last week. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna reemphasize that and give you and give you a a, a second Kendrick Lamar album. Uh, this time, uh, it is To Pimp a Butterfly. Mm. Last week was Good Kid, Mad City. Uh, this week, To Pimp a Butterfly. Excellent album for album of the week. Um, definitely much more jazz-influenced as opposed to uh, maybe the uh, the West Coast influences uh, that uh, Good Kid, Mad City had. Um, but uh, certainly a wonderful, wonderful album uh, if you're into hip-hop. Um, highly worth checking out. And, of course, Kendrick is uh, perhaps one of the greatest, if not the greatest, uh, rapper uh, of all time. That that uh, Damn, hot takes. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like he's got a good flow, good cadence. He's got, he's got a, he's a five-tool player, Stephen. Mm. Five-tool player. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. Is that a phrase? I've never heard that yeah, before. Yeah, it's, it's an old baseball phrase. I see. I mean, you got all the all the stuff, all the tools to be a a, a successful pro. I see. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> it's got a good face. That's, that's what the old baseball managers yeah. used to say. He's got a he's got a good face on him. It's a good face, son. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, um, <laughs> Kendrick Lamar uh, to pimp a butterfly. Mm. Wonderful, wonderful album. Highly worth recommend checking that out. Whether you listen to it on vinyl, uh, like I do, or if you want to uh, uh, download it digitally, it's, it's good. It's, it's good stuff. It is good stuff, for sure. And then, uh, as far as uh, our stuff is concerned, you can find us on Twitter at Headlock Talk. Uh, you know, hit, definitely hit that uh, follow button. Mm-hmm. I'll follow you back. It'll be a thing. We'll be friends. You can, you, can, you can talk to me. I'll talk to you. Yeah, you know, get throw, throw in some hearts mm-hmm. or uh, or you know some cool send you some cool gifts. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Tanner's gift game is pretty good. So it's all right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, no, it's I'm, good. I'm not. I'm not bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely hit us up there. Uh, and uh, while you're actually listening to the end of this episode, you should do two things. First off, 
hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to your podcasts, be it iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, wherever. Really, truly. Good times. Yes. And then if you really love the podcast and you want to find a way to give back to Headlock Talk in some way, shape, or form, leave us a five-star rating and review if available. That's the best way to support Headlock Talk and to make sure we can climb up those rankings in the uh, the ever-desirable wrestling podcast community. <laughs> yes, so, indeed. Definitely. Any, any of that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, if you are a business and uh, you would like for Headlock Talk to... Uh, support you and your product, uh, especially during these interesting economic times. Mm. Uh, definitely hit us up uh, at our email, uh, headlocktalk at gmail.com. Again, it's headlocktalk at gmail.com for business inquiries. Uh, and we can uh, help promote your product, especially if it's useful during these uh, crazy times, you know. For sure. Um, so, yeah. Help us help you. Yes. We uh, will. <laughs> Uh, Steven, am I missing anything else, man? I think that's everything. This has been a roller coaster episode. Yeah, the highs of no audience WrestleMania, yeah. the, the 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 sadness of Benoit, the calamity of hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's been a wild ride, but yeah. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It was fun. And thank you for coming back over, and thank you guys out there for listening. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, guys. Mm. Yes. We will see you again next week for Wrestlemania weekend. And until then, enjoy yourselves. Have a great rest of the week. Be safe out there. Mm -hmm. Know that we love you. Yep. Thanks for listening, y'all. Bye-bye. Later. kicking it in the sticks or kicking it at home lounge in upholstery with a contemporary feel designed for relaxed living with the brantley gilbert collection at morris home enter online at morrisathome.com win for your chance to win a guitar personally autographed by brantley gilbert or one of many morris home gift cards to upgrade your home today that's morrisathome.com win for your chance to win from morris home how did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com.